Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Eboff. I am the hockey editor here at Action, and joining me, as always, is my friend and the professional better. You know him as So Money Sports, and as usual, we will kick things off with an underdog. Fair warning, the slate on Tuesday is a little bit precarious, let's say. There's a ton of big uh, favorites who don't look appetizing. Neither do the underdogs they're playing. But I did find one that I do think is worth a bet. That's the Nashville Predators. They're plus 135 at home uh, hosting the Colorado Avalanche, as you said in our last episode. Don't want to make a habit of betting against the Avs, but I think this is a good spot. They are on the second night of a back-to-back. Darcy Kemper has been struggling in goal, and the Avs are a juggernaut, especially offensively. The Predators are pretty strong uh, in front of their own net, and they have a great goaltender. Use Saros, who's up there. He should be a Vesna candidate if the season ended today, I think. And uh, he's been playing spectacularly. Meanwhile, Darcy Kemper has been struggling. So I do think that there is an incentive here and a path to success for Nashville at plus 135. I also wouldn't be surprised if this number moves up a little bit. So I'm going to be going to my old faithful, the Nashville Predators, as an underdog and hope that they can uh, make a game out of this one against this surging avalanche. Do you have anything between Colorado and Nashville? I do agree with you. I think that uh, there is some value on on Nashville here. Uh, they do continue to play well and they're performing above their expectations. And of course, you've you've mentioned Soros, who can steal any game at any time. Um, the Avalanche are they do continue to trend uh, well offensively, but they have become leaky defensively lately. So I think that's um, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. I do like Nashville. I want a little bit of a better number, and I think it will get there, like you said. So um, it's it's very possible that I'll be joining you here. Yeah, bring on the pain. Nothing like Benny against the Avalanche. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on to uh, the rest of the board. We'll start with the Tampa Bay Lightning, minus 250, traveling to Buffalo to take on the Sabres, who are plus 210. The over-under here is six. This is a 7 p.m. puck drop. The Lightning were supposed to be on the second night of a back-to-back here. Uh, So I do wonder if Brian Elliott's going to get the start, because a lot of times coaches will plan out their goaltender uh, situation days in advance, and he might have tapped Vasilevsky to start against the Devils and Elliott to start against the Sabres on Tuesday night. But with the Devils game postponed, who knows how this game will be approached. If Brian Elliott does start for the Lightning, I might get in on the Sabres, but other than that, I've got no interest in this one. Uh, what say you? That's a good point there about um, about Elliot possibly starting. If he does start, um, I will have interest in the over in this game. One thing to keep in mind, I've got here in my notes that uh, um, the Sabres added uh, Tage Thompson onto their the COVID protocol on Monday. So we'll see if there's any more positives that come out from that, as as it often seems to happen these days. When when one player tests positive, it, it comes in a cluster. So possibly over, but we need to watch the uh, Sabres uh, lineup situation there. Another big favorite, Carolina. Another big road favorite, too. They're minus 200, traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Flyers, who are plus 170. The over-under here is set at 6. It's another 7 p.m. puck drop. Once again, like if there's some funky lineup stuff, maybe Freddie Anderson doesn't start, but Antti Ranta's hurt for the Hurricanes right now, so that'd be... 
uh, really uh, surprising, but I don't think I'll, I'll have any interest on the dog. Definitely nothing on the Hurricanes, who are still due for some defensive regression. Maybe Freddie Anderson keeps up this form all season long, but 21st in expected goals against at 5-5, five and five, third in actual goals against. So at some point, you'd expect the poorest defense to bite the Hurricanes a little bit. They do have the offensive talent to make up for that, and that offensive talent should feast against the Flyers defense that has just been brutal all season long and hasn't really gotten much better after a, a quick little blip under Mike Yo, they just haven't gotten better uh, significantly enough to be confident here. So this one is ultimately a pass for me. Anything for Carolina and Philadelphia for you? There's a possibility that I could be on the over here, um, but I mean, the, the Flyers are a mess and it's time for the organization to start planning for the future. Like you mentioned, there was a slight defensive improvement after the coaching change, but it's apparent now that that was just a dead cat bounce. Like this team is done. Um, and maybe I'll be on the over, but there's no interest and there's no appetite for me to be on the on the dog here at all. Yeah, yeah, they're not a, a fun team to back or, or root for right now. It's an interesting couple notes there is, like you said, what they do for planning ahead, right? Like there are some books where you can still bet point totals. Uh, they'll just leave them up all season. So if you do have access to a legal sports book that does have that, DraftKings, I know is one of them. New York, by the way. Happy online betting to all my fellow Empire Staters. I wouldn't mind betting just like fading the Flyers in a market like that because I think they will come to their senses and, and try to find a market for Claude Giroux and players like that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, especially in like, um, in like the COVID era too, right? It wouldn't be surprising for teams to kind of make these moves early uh, because we are seeing situations where in the NHL, usually during the end of the season, you have heavy favorites um, against teams that have clearly tanked. They have no interest to play out the string. And we could see a situation like that with the Flyers, except in the COVID era, it could start earlier in the season too. I would agree with you on that front and just baiting the Flyers. All right, uh, we'll move on to another Keystone State team. The Pittsburgh Penguins, red hot, just had their, uh, was it nine game, 10 game winning streak uh, snapped the other day. But boy, this team proved me wrong. Before the season, I thought they were going to be on the fringe of the playoff picture. And I bet against them to make it, actually. Uh, That's not a good bet. But man, they've been good. Minus 145 for the Penguins traveling to Anaheim to take on the Ducks, who are plus 125 right now. The over-under is five and a half, a 10 p.m. Eastern puck drop between these two teams. Evgeny Malkin. Looks like he will make his season debut for the Penguins. One of the reasons I thought it would be a good idea to fade Pittsburgh in the season long market was Malkin and Crosby missing the first (laughs) chunk of the season, but they played spectacularly without them. Tristan Jarry has been really, really strong in net for them, which I didn't see coming either. This line opened at minus 130. The Malkin news saw it shoot up to minus 145. So no interest here, but I was closer to the Penguins at the opening number than the Ducks. Anything for you here? I may have some interest in the under, um, assuming a Stolarz-Jari matchup. I don't think uh, Gibson will play, even though these rules change all the time. So I believe that his five days are up tomorrow, but of course that could change. So I'm assuming a a Stolarz-Jari matchup, which may put me on the under. With Malkin coming back, of course, their offense gets a jolt there. But um, there is some concern out of the Penguins camp right now. The last couple of days, they have been getting positive tests. So um, it's possible that that could continue. So I would wait it out a bit. Um, Maybe the market will over-adjust on a couple of players being out. But I would be looking at at the under in that game. The headliner for Tuesday night, January 11th, is pretty obvious one it's the maple leafs they're minus 110 traveling to vegas to take on the golden knights also minus 110 the over under here is set at six max patrioretti still out for vegas nicholas haig is day to day but the knights you know they their team much like the penguins no matter who's been in or out of their lineup they've 
kind of just chugged along playing at a pretty good clip uh, over their last 10 games, 57.6% expected goals rate. That's first overall in that span in the NHL. And the fact that they're that high in terms of their overall play driving numbers, despite giving up a pretty good chunk of chances going the other way, shows you just, just how many chances this team can generate, whether it's on the forecheck, the rush. Vegas continues to get good looks. This is a team that I think is better than they're giving credit for, even though most people do think that they're one of the best teams in the league. And they're only going to get better when Jack Eichel and Patchy Reddy join the lineup. I think I'm close to bet on Vegas here at a pick at home against the Leafs. Don't see, think it's like rush to the window to bet against Toronto right now, but considering home ice advantage and the fact that this team is still driving play at a great clip, I like Vegas at this number. I would agree with everything you're saying. Um, I do have to sit sit tight for now because the Knights did have um, a bunch of players that missed practice on Monday. And of course, in a typical Pete DeBoer fashion here, um, we don't get a lot of information. He um, The only thing he said that it was either maintenance days or, or awaiting COVID testing. So there's a big gap there between outcomes. So I'll keep an eye on that. Um, I do like Vegas um, if they don't have too many guys out there. But for now, we'll just sit tight. And before we get to our best bets, we will wrap up the main part of the slate with Detroit plus 115 traveling to San Jose minus 135. The over under here is five and a half, a 1030 PM puck drop. Both of these teams, their underlying metrics are relatively similar. San Jose is a little stronger defensively. Detroit is a little bit stronger offensively. The margins are not that great. I, I don't really have much interest in laying this kind of number with San Jose, I should say. But I also would need a little bit of a bigger number on Detroit, who's giving up 14 high danger chances per 60 minutes over their last 10 games. That's that's 31st out of 32 teams in that span. They need to get their defense sorted out. They do have a good goaltender in Alex and who can kind of gloss some of those issues over. But this number is right now, not too much interest for me. These two teams didn't meet a week ago. Detroit closed minus 120 at home. So nothing too fishy about this line uh, in terms of flipping it. But um, yeah, if Detroit shoots up, maybe some interest on the wings. But right now it's a pass. How about you? I had a tough time with this game. Um, I, I do think that the Sharks, um, they are being overvalued in the in, in, in the market a bit right now. But I'm also not in a situation where I'll be running to bet the wings either. Both teams have significant roster issues as well that need to be clarified. Although it does look like the Sharks might get some players back. So yeah, this is going to be another game where, as with most games these days, I just have to uh, sit tight and see how, how the morning skate looks and how things go throughout the day. But right now, I can't um, I can't see myself on anything in this game. And with that, we'll move on to Top Shelf Bets, our favorite bets for Tuesday, January 11th. Top Shelf, where mama hides the cookies. I'll go first. I like Chicago. They're minus 110 traveling to Columbus, who are also minus 110. The over-under for this one is five and a half. Uh, Elvis Muslikens, questionable. We could see Junis Corposalo start for the Blue Jackets again. He's not very good, and that's a problem because the Jackets are giving up a ton defensively. 2.78 expected goals per hour at 5-on-5. That's the sixth worst mark in the NHL in that span. And just overall, this team is 30th in terms of expected goals against on the season, 30th in shot attempts against on the season. And when you don't have a goaltender you can trust, and even if it is Merce Lickens, and considering his current form, I don't know how far you can trust, uh, how much you can trust him either. Yeah, I know that Chicago, they're not very good either, but their defensive numbers are not terrible. We talked about it last week. Uh, They are 11th in expected goals against on the season. And if Marc-Andre Fleury does start, they do have a significant goaltending advantage in this one. And whereas they don't create enough scoring chances to be successful, they do have some high skill finishers, Alex Abrinkit, Patrick Kane, players like that. So 
against a defense that should not be too hard to break down. I think Chicago has some value here on the road, minus 120 or better on the Blackhawks for me. Do you have anything on Chicago and Columbus before we move on to your favorite bet? Right now, I don't. Um, I do. I do see what you're saying. Um, I and I do agree with you. Um, what I will say though is that the uh, Blackhawks did cancel their practice on Monday. That's something to keep an eye on. We don't know why yet they canceled, but I think we can safely assume why they canceled. Um, so we'll just um, again, I'll just have to wait and see what what is coming out of the Blackhawks camp on Tuesday. Yeah, it was interesting to watch. This number actually opened plus 105 on Chicago, moved to minus yeah. 110, even despite that news. So yeah, some some uh, contrasting signals coming out of uh, Chicago in the market right now. But yeah, as, as long as everything's normal, Chicago, and if not, well, God help us all. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to uh, your favorite bet, and it features a team near and dear to your heart. So I'll let you take it away. Yeah, well, before I get to the bet, like, I mean, I don't rant about things often, but um, not, not many things bother me. But uh, this this is a situation here where this is really getting to me. So so this background, the, the Canucks ownership didn't want to play on Saturday due to the attendance restrictions in Vancouver, which I didn't understand. So didn't want to lose money with having less attendance there. So you have a team playing well already forced to take time off. Now you're forcing them to take more time off than they needed. And they have to run into a buzzsaw now on Tuesday and Thursday playing the Panthers and Tampa Bay. There's also no guarantee that you can fit this game that they missed on Saturday. There's no guarantee you can fit this game in during the Olympic break because what's the one thing we've learned about sports in the last two years? Get the games in when you can. So as a Canucks fan, I'm already envisioning a situation where The Canucks missed the playoffs by a couple of points in a condensed late season schedule where they were forced to play a four and six or a five and seven. And that's just the way it goes. So it it just doesn't make any sense for me. For the game itself, um, I will be looking at the over here. Uh, The Panthers are coming. They are performing at an offensive level that we haven't seen from anyone this season. But they also give up a lot too. Now, that's concerning come playoff time, but that's not going to be a concern for us on Tuesday. Um, Reasons for the Panthers... Panther side on the overs are obvious uh, because their offense is insane. But while the defensive numbers for the Canucks version 2.0 here has been respectable, they haven't played a team on this level yet. So, And Carolina was in that streak, but I don't count that Carolina game because that ended up being a COVID game for the Canes, who were also on a back-to-back after game in Edmonton. So I will be on the on the over here for the Canucks and Panthers. Yeah, I think if it wasn't such a long layoff, the number here on Vancouver is is pretty tempting. They're plus 175 right now. That number's dipped a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if it shoots back up because when people realize that they were just off for, you know, a week plus. But you seem to be bang on with the over stuff, right? The overs 15-6 and 1 in uh Panthers games at home, 23-15 and 1 in Panthers games overall. They are generating the best scoring chance numbers in the NHL by quite a margin, but they are giving up 2.78 expected goals against per 60, 13.6 high danger chances per 60 in their last 10 matches. Somehow they're generating more than both of those numbers going the other way. The offense is incredible. The defense is pedestrian. Seems like a good recipe for a play on the over. And like you said, another team that in a different way from the Flyers, but if this Panthers team doesn't improve defensively, definitely a team to to maybe keep in your back pocket for fading in come playoff time when the game tightens up and we see it all the time with teams that are, you know, we saw it with the Oilers last year, the Leafs last year, the Leafs the year prior. If you can't 
play that tight knit defensive, well-structured game in the playoffs, you're going to be found out eventually. So just keep that in mind with the Panthers as we go on the rest of the season. If, if this number does tick up it, because you also got to remember they had a coaching change in the middle of the season because of Joel Quenville's mishandling of the disgusting situation in Chicago. So now it's Andrew Brunette who he's done a great job navigating the ship through this kind of weird time for the team. But does he have the kind of nuance needed to fix these problems for a defense? I don't know. Um, So we'll see where these defensive numbers go for the Panthers, but definitely something to keep in mind as we get closer to the tournament. And with that, we can wrap up another episode of Line Change. For So Many Sports, I'm Michael Leboff. Best of luck with your NHL bets on Tuesday, January 11th, and we will see you on Thursday.